Hey, it's Gina Stevens. Welcome to Belois Radio, where we bring you digital marketing tips, expert interviews, and industry news for community media, community radio, and independent media. Visit our website at belwamedia.com. Welcome, everyone, to Belwa Radio. My name is Gina Stevens. I am your host. Joining me is Eric Archer, Executive Director of Cape Ann Television. Eric, thank you for joining me. Can you tell everyone where um, Cape Ann Television is located? Sure. We are located in Gloucester, Massachusetts. It's about 30 miles north of Boston, and our station represents four communities, Gloucester, Rockport, Manchester, and Essex, Massachusetts. Okay. And I, before we started recording, uh, everyone was listening. I wanted him to tell you guys where that's located because I tried pronouncing it before and I came off sounding like Boston with my southern accent and a mix of Wisconsin. Being here for 20 years, I just thought it would sound like Boston. Uh, so I wanted him to tell you guys exactly where that was located. So we're going to go ahead and, and, and get started because I kind of like to keep these episodes as short as possible because I know from my years of experience with doing podcasting that you guys stop listening right at about minute 22 or so. So we're going to try to get everything in right at about 19 minutes. Hopefully. Like an episode of TV. <laughs> exactly. So that, you know, we can get as much in as possible right about the time when you guys are going, okay, I think I've heard enough. I'm going to press the stop button. Okay, so we're going to get started. So, Eric, what we were going to talk about is um, basically community outreach. That's one of the things I wanted to talk about with you, community outreach as it relates to community media centers. So let's get started. Does Kate Ann struggle with finding volunteers, or do you have a committed and steady flow of volunteers working with your station? Because finding volunteers... Finding volunteers, that's definitely a part of your community outreach strategy. You have to have that in place in order to find volunteers. Well, um, we, we really don't have a lot of volunteers, to be honest with you. And um, while we do promote the volunteer opportunities, I don't know that I would say that we struggle with it because – my approach is really not to make any of our operations dependent in any way on volunteers. I kind of view volunteers like interns. They're like nice-to-haves, but I don't want to heavily rely on folks who come and go. And, you know, while we can kind of have a nice arrangement while they're here, you know, we have deadlines and you know, professional quality standards and things that people need to be really specifically accountable for that um, volunteers aren't necessarily here for. They're here for a learning experience or a giving back experience, you know, similar to interns. So that's sort of my okay. view on those. That's, that's very interesting because a show I did yesterday with Bob Bertman, president of WHUP, he spoke about their, um, their radio station that has been up and running for two years, and it has been run strictly by volunteers. And they have an in-house uh, program. They have in-house programming that was a system that's built in-house that allows them to do on-demand uh, programming plus live streaming, and that program was built strictly by volunteers. So it's really 
nice to hear, you know, that you have one uh, person who's saying, yeah, we rely on volunteers, and then I hear you saying, no, we don't rely on volunteers. We don't have our operations set up at all to where we have to rely on volunteers. That's very interesting to hear. So um, how does uh, Cape and Television develop relationships with your community volunteers? So you say you don't have a whole lot of them, but what is your process exactly um, where you go about? Do you look at, like, colleges or high school students or community members? What, the, what is your makeup of volunteers? Uh, yeah, we look at all of the above, and we promote those opportunities heavily on social media. Um, we're very active on social media. We attend all the job fairs and internship fairs and those sorts of things, and we have nice relationships with uh, many of the local colleges. There are you know, probably a half a dozen in the area that have funneled us more interns than volunteers. Um, and we have um, some videos that, that promote the opportunities um, you know, that show our space and show our staff and have testimonials from other people who have interned and volunteered so that if somebody's considering getting involved with us, they can kind of get a feel for it before they even walk in the door. They can watch a video and, and see what that experience would be like. Okay. Now let's move away from talking about volunteers and just talk um, about your uh, community outreach. Uh, does Cape Ann TV have an established community outreach strategy? So you actually sat down and said, we need to do our community outreach. We need to let the community know we're here, what we do, um, what services we provide, and, you know, what tools we have and what, what we can actually do for the community. So do you actually have a strategy written out, and what is that strategy? We do. We have invested pretty heavily recently, I would say, in the last four or five months in social media for our outreach. Uh, we contracted a local person who does it for us, um, and we basically, all of the staff members here funnel her the content. And then uh, we'll also... Uh, contract out some some content production as well, but we recognized that social media is the way to connect with people these days. It's just where everyone's spending their time, and that we needed to have a real aggressive strategy there. So now we're posting twice a day, seven days a week on four different platforms, and we have categories that we hit every day or on rotation at least that are things like promotion of our services, promotion of internship opportunities, um, promotion of our content, slicing our content up into small bites for social media. Um, you know, where are we in the community this week? We promote our members and what they have going on and try to just give a lot of value that way. Um, and so that's the primary way. It's also very video heavy, so we make a lot of behind-the-scenes videos, and we are bringing on a producer who's going to be doing a lot of vlogging so that people can really see our process and we'll be documenting what we're doing. Um, I think that's going to be a very effective outreach strategy. And then we're also launching a brand-new brand tomorrow, actually, uh, we're going to have a new name, new logo, new website, new everything. 
And that has an entire rollout strategy that runs the course of the year um, where we block it out into quarters and that will involve local print campaigns and local influencer campaigns and getting into all the guides and directories and online listings and making promotional videos and, and probably even running some local broadcast commercials. So that's a much heavier outreach strategy because we've got to educate the community on this new brand. You mentioned um, local influencers as part of your uh, rebrand. Uh, before, okay. I, before I ask, is it okay if I ask what your new name is going to be, or is that part of the unveiling? I have to wait for that. Well, since we're unveiling tomorrow, um, I think it's going to be fine. Um, we are going to be called 1623 Studios. Oh, okay. I like it. So, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I like it I too. Like Okay. 1623 is when the uh, English colony at Cape Ann was founded. So we wanted to have a sense of place with a fresh take on it. And we wanted to ring a little different than, you know, than community media of old. We didn't want to just be Cape Ann media or something like that that would be sort of expected. We wanted to have a sort of a broader umbrella um, and have more of a sort of a media startup feel. I'm glad you mentioned that. One of the things I learned when I started working with community media centers here in Wisconsin, where I'm located, is at that time there was a lot of talk of moving away from being called public access, access television stations to being called community media centers. And if you probably know why that was. If you, you do, right? You know why that there was the move from public public access television stations to community media centers. So I'm going to let you, which is the reason why you just mentioned being called 1623 Studios. So can you explain why that is for, for those who are listening? Well, my understanding is that, you know, television just no longer really encompassed everything that we do. You know, being online for one thing, you know, um, whether it's YouTube or social media or just streaming to a website, you know, that's just not television anymore. And there's obviously a stigma that came with public television, you know, the Wayne's World image or uh, Between Two Ferns, <laughs> if you're familiar with that. You know, so I think a lot of organizations went with community media, which, you know, we referred to ourselves as a community media, community media station for a long time, and it fit. But I think you know, going forward into the next 10 years, um, I wanted something that separated even from that because I feel like community media now still elicits an image of a public television station. People are so familiar with that because everyone is, you know, location media. Uh, so it doesn't feel fresh to me anymore. So, so when I looked at what our colleagues in community media were rebranding as and uh, where we were going to be, I wanted to sort of, you know, stand out of it. Okay. Um, I'd like to talk with you a little bit more about the idea of move, moving even further away from the idea using the term community media to something a little bit more it almost sounds like a little bit more ambiguous 
if that's the right uh-huh. term. Um, so I'd want to talk to you about that a little bit more on probably on a different episode. I want to talk about um, you implementing influencers um, to your outreach strategy. So it sounds like you're using influencer marketing. How did you choose who your influencers, your local influencers, were going to be? Well, some of them are very clear. You know, some of them, they're influencers because everybody knows who they are, right? That's the whole idea. So, you know, we look at the, who are the local bloggers, and in, in almost every case, we already have a relationship with them. You know, they have, there's some very popular blogs in our area, um, and we'll share content with them. And, um, you know, as we've started to broaden into more business services, we're starting to look at that as a real opportunity to have the local influencer list and relationships because, uh, you know, we help a lot of businesses now on the service side of things, promoting their own business and raising awareness and raising money. And it can be very difficult for small organizations to move the needle on important initiatives. And we can come in and say, you know, we have relationships with all these local influencers. And if you're trying to launch this product or whatever it may be, we can help you with that. And we can put a strategy around that and then we will charge for that service. Okay. So if I understand it correctly, community media centers, I'm still using that term because it's going to be a little hard to move away from using it for now, <laughs> cannot, if, so just to make sure everybody who's listening who, who are not familiar with what community media is, community media cannot run promotions on their channel. However, they can generate revenue in other, in other ways, correct? Of course. Okay. And one of the ways you, uh, you guys are generating revenue is going, you're going to local businesses and saying, hey, we'll work with our influencers. We'll do this for you for a fee. So that's one way you guys are generating revenue for your Community Media Center, I'm still using that term, correct? It is, yeah, and it's part okay. of a broader offering. Um, basically, now we are offering the sort of the full spectrum of sort of creative services, I would say. So everything from website and mobile design to marketing and branding to video content creation to social media management and distribution. So we're going around to organizations saying we will handle all of that for you because we, we recognize that, uh, you know, like all of the community media stations around, we're, we have one major funder, the cable provider. And um, that makes me very uncomfortable, you know, when I look at what they're doing to try to get out of that obligation to fund us. I think we have basically – the length of our contract with them to figure out how to be financially independent. And so we have really focused in on revenue generating activity. Um, I, I think it's critically important that we be able to stand on our own two feet should the cable funding disappear. So we, you know, we, we had a, uh, a community stakeholder meeting here at the station where we brought in 25, um, well-connected people, and we said, you know, what are your future media needs? And 
to a person, they all said social media, ma- social media management. And a real bell went off like, wow, you know, it's, it's really true that everybody out there needs social media. They know it. It's not like something you have to explain to them. But at the same time, very few organizations have the bandwidth internally to do it. They don't have the expertise to do it or the time to do it. And they would really prefer someone come in and take it off their hands if it's affordable. And so we stepped into that opportunity and used uh, local contractors like the one that we hired to do ours and said, let's partner on this and uh, generate some revenue. And so um, that's been our approach. That is a lot of uh, the companies here, the um, newspapers here in Wisconsin, we have free newspapers, which I'm sure a lot of areas have that free newspaper you get. Sometimes it's just full of advertisements, and then you have the newspapers that are like the other version of your paid paper. It has news and all that. One of the things I've done is I've worked with the free newspaper associations with helping them figure out how to generate revenue. Um, Because as you know, a lot of people are saying that, you know, first of all, even the paid newspapers are losing out on money because people aren't paying for newspapers as much anymore. So even they are trying to figure out additional ways to generate revenue. One of the things that I've worked with those newspapers on is doing some of the exact things that you've spoken about, Um, working with their current advertisers to say, hey, we can take on your social media, working with their current advertisers to say, hey, we can build your website for you, hey, we can build your mobile app for you. So having to come up with additional ways to generate revenue or we can take on um, managing your uh, Facebook ads and things like that. So it's interesting to hear that a community media center has started doing something like that, uh, which is something that I probably would never have thought about is having a community media center do that because the ones that I'm used to working with have a very limited staff. So having the bandwidth to do that themselves is probably something that I probably never would have thought about. Well, you know, we don't really either. We have four full-time people here managing four separate communities. So we're very lean as well, but we just do it with strategic partnerships. So I don't have a marketing department, but I offer marketing services. I don't have a social media department, but I offer social media services because I've partnered with local independent contractors and we, you know, go in on jobs together and scale up like a production would when you get a program budget, you know. Um, We hire out the work and we take, you know, smaller margins, but we can get it done and grow. Okay. Um, I I really like that. I really like that. It's definitely not where I thought this (laughs) conversation was going to (laughs) go. However, I really like hearing that, and I really think that other uh, community media centers, community radio um, stations are actually going to really like that piece of advice. So thank you very much for bringing that up. Um, Do you have any examples of – what is an example of your most successful uh, community partnership? Um, Well, there's one that we're working on now that I hope will be our most successful. There was a a guy who had a – he created a membership organization here um, that was based around social media and local events, and it became quite popular. And he started uh, creating a lot of video content. He was trying to 
sort of be the trusted local source for goings on and and then it became a sort of a you know supporting local businesses and um he gained quite a bit of traction and um so we have begun discussions to um sort of fold his business into ours so that we can both grow but what he will provide us is the really timely content that we don't have you know, being as lean as we are, um, we can't be a, a news outlet. You know, we can't be the here's what's going on this weekend at uh, all the festivals, all the bars, all the tourist activity. Uh, and that was really his area. And so by bringing him in, we're hoping that we can really be the up-to-the-minute information source. So that's very exciting to me. And then you know, the other partnership is the one I mentioned already, which is partnering with the uh, independent contractors to grow our our business income side of things, you know, really expanding. And I see that expanding um, in the coming years into other areas, you know, uh, mobile development, um, maybe even talent management, you know, um, all kinds of different things. But, I, you know, I just think that generally speaking, strategic partnerships are – a great way to grow uh, with pretty minimal risk. Yeah, I think I had one more question, but I believe we covered that in some of the other questions that, in some of the other content that we discussed. Did you have anything extra that you wanted to add that we haven't covered that you think is important for um, people to know as it relates to our uh, current conversation? Well, I think, you know, speaking for community media specifically, I think that uh, there's a lot of fear out there about venturing into this sort of revenue-generating activity. And I know that because I've spoken about this at a number of community media events, and, and I get quite a bit of pushback about it, saying that it's not supportive of the nonprofit mission and that sort of thing. And my response is always, you know, that you're not going to be able to do much for your mission if you don't exist because you haven't protected your revenue streams. You know, I think that there is too much comfort with the single major funder that we're all dependent on. And we just can't rely on that. You know, we have to act like nonprofits do uh, in other spaces where, you know, they try very hard to diversify their funding. And if they had one major funder, they would be writing grant after grant to try to bring in money from somewhere else because the second that major funder goes away, so does the organization. You know, just like the statewide franchising situation in California, the only stations left standing were the ones that are writing 13 grants a year and really hustling and they're very entrepreneurial. And so my mindset is do that now, you know, even though we still have Comcast funding us every quarter, we need to work on matching that. And then, you know, if if I'm wrong and they don't go away, then fantastic. We have twice the revenue. But if they do, we don't go anywhere, you know. And so I would just encourage other community media professionals to think entrepreneurially and um, chase that revenue and really develop the for-profit business side of things because, uh, 
it's it's really critically important for the future of community media in my mind. Thank you again, Eric, for joining me here. It was definitely a pleasure to speak with you. I learned something new, as I always do. I really appreciate it. And thank you guys for listening to Belwar Radio. Joining me was Eric Archer, Executive Director of Cape Ann Television, which will be 1623 Studios as of tomorrow. And uh, Cape Ann Television is located where again? Gloucester. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks again, and you guys have a good one. Thanks so much. I enjoyed it.